Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 794. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiismach at take10fortorah.org. What I'd like to talk about this week relates to the Parsha, but I think it's more general than that. And it's really a discussion, a quick one, about Judaism and its belief in the occult. Uh, these things out there that uh, a lot of people believe in. And honestly, when you hear and you listen closely uh, from what a lot of Jews themselves say, it sounds like Judaism believes in a lot of this stuff. And the reason I want to talk about it is because it has particular relevance to this week's parsha um, and next week's parsha, really more so, but it works into both. Uh, we know what the contribution of Abraham. Um, Abraham is known for being the one to discover God. Um, he realizes that there's really one power that controls the whole world. He is the father of monotheism as we know it. But even within his education, it came in spurts. There's a Gemara that says, "Miyom shebara hakadosh baruch hu es haolam lo haya adam shekaru lahakadosh baruch hu adon ad shebo Avraham vikaru adon." It's a Gemara in Brachos Tav Zayin Amid Beis. The Gemara there says that nobody had called God Adon, like we say Adon Olam. Nobody had used that phrase. Adon means master. Adon means uh, referring to God specifically as having mastery over all. And so the Gemara is telling us that Abraham was the one who identified that, right? So that's a big deal. There's uh, a few verses earlier in that discussion that God is having where we see him use that word, where God is having with Abraham and that word is found. Vayomer Abraham Avraham is troubled. Avraham says, you know, you've given me this tremendous uh, destiny. You've promised me um, the stars and the, and the sand and all of that. But, you know, we're, we're the kids. I, I don't really see the potential for anything that you seem to be describing. So the Pasuk there says something very interesting. God, so to speak, leads Avraham out of the tent. Look up to the heavens, he says. Usfar hakochavim in tuchalisparosam. Go count the stars. Vehemin Bashem. And so it says in the next pasuk that God indeed believed. I'm sorry, Avraham believed in God by and he saw it as righteousness, meaning he saw it as true. And so it's really interesting, like exactly what changed. What did God show Avraham? And so Rashi um, says that what happens over there, and he's quoting the Medrash is that even Avraham still had a little bit of latent belief in powers that existed in this world that were not God. There were powers of the stars, of the astrologers, things that he believed, signs that he thought um, would uh, indicate that his future would be childless. And so when he's told to go outside, so Rashi, very well-known Rashi, Rashi says, You've seen in the uh, astrology, you've seen, I don't know, in your horoscope, that you're not going to have a child, but Avram ain't lo ben. Avraham yesh lo ben. You still have the potential to have the child, there is nothing that is beyond my power. There is nothing that I can't do. V'chein, Sarai lo seleid. Avol Sarah seleid. Sarah won't, will, will have a baby, while Sarai won't. And so God changes their name, can do whatever he wants, and therefore uh, is able to manufacture an outcome where Avraham and Sarah end up uh, with children. So this notion that of Avraham's discovery of God, it seems as incomplete until this point. He figures out that there's a God. He figures out that there's one source of all, but he's sort of a, a little confused still and thinks that there are certain inevitabilities. Maybe God baked them in to the world, but there are certain inevitabilities that exist. And he's taught this lesson of 
what we'll call the lesson of Tamim. In the beginning of Parak Zion, Vayhi Avraham ben Tishim Shanam Tesha Shanam, Avraham is 99 years old. God appears to Avraham by Yomar Elav, Ani Kel Shakai, His Halech Lefanai, Vayye Samim. Walk before me and be Samim. This notion of Tamim, which means sort of whole, incomplete. What is this notion all about? And what is this idea of Adon, that Avraham is the first person? to call God Adon. So the idea of Tamim comes up in Devarim, in Parsha Shoftim. It talks about all of the different magical things that the nations of the world used to be involved in, the things that uh, uh, perhaps were nonsense, perhaps were real. It doesn't really matter, but this belief that there was some sort of outside power, outside influence that we could be beholden to, that maybe we could tap into and we could use for our benefit, but that people felt enslaved to, that there was nothing I could do about it, it was just what fortune told, etc. And so when the Pasuk over there in Devarim Perak Ches discusses this phenomenon and all these different beliefs, it says, the Jews, when you come into the land of Israel, you better avoid this. This is an abomination to God that people are busy with this stuff. And then finally it says, Tamim im Hashem You should be Tamim with Hashem your God. You should be wholesome. And that wholesomeness means, as Rashi says there, his You should go with sort of this this wholeness. Your perspective of God's impact on the world shouldn't be in parcels where, yeah, God controls this, but perhaps the astrologers control that. Uh, the stars are, are really where what, what's guiding me towards this outcome. Yeah, God might be able to help me, but ultimately I'm subject to the stars. Rather, Rashi says, accept everything in that sort of wholesome way. And at that point, God will be with you if you accept that. Now this Adon concept is the mastery of the world is what Avraham identifies. He identifies not only is God the only God, but there is only one power that has any influence on our lives. And so when the Gemara talks about this notion of Avraham being called, being the first to call God Adon, this is what he's discovering. He's discovering that all of the nonsense and all of the things that we think are powerful in life, and I don't just mean issues of the occult, right? There are all sorts of things that we attribute power to. You know, if we do this, we'll succeed. If we don't do that, we won't succeed. Whatever it is that we fill that blank in with, that is a lack of tamimus. That's a lack of that wholesomeness, which really gives ourselves over entirely to God and the belief that only He controls the world. There's um, there's uh, a interesting book called Faith and Folly. It's written by Rabbi Yaakov Hillel. He's actually a Kabbalist, but he's uh, a, a people's Kabbalist, where he, he actually tries to expose a lot of the fraudulent Kabbalistic practices that are out there. Uh, I learned of this book accidentally. I had a great story. Um, I had a Chavrusa once. The guy was brilliant. And he had once read in his spare time, I've told this story before, a book about palm reading. And so palmistry, I think it's called. And uh, he takes my palm and he starts reading it. And he told me something about when I was going to get married. And that was frustrating to me because I was actually in a bigger rush. Uh, I hadn't met Malka yet, but I still was in a bigger rush. And I was very frustrated and like, uh, I don't know, I got the heebie-jeebies when he told me I'm not going to get married till so-and-so because he saw some wrinkle in my palm. And it was a little freaky. So I went to this book, I found this book, the book was in Hebrew, called Tamim Tihiyah. It's since been translated into English, and it's really excellent. 
Uh, it's called Faith and Folly, Tamim Tihiyeh. And it brings the following question. Uh, the, the, literally, in the introduction, and I opened up to this introduction, uh, might be a little bit freaky as well. It is known that the lines of a person's hand reveals his future. This is a question that was posed to Rav Shach, the Rosh Hashiva of Panovich Yeshiva. It is known that the lines of a person's hand reveal his future. And I have seen on others that it comes true. After reading books on the subject, I looked at my hand and saw that the lines of marriage reveal a dark future. What I have seen gives me no rest, especially now that I have come of marriageable age. That was the question in the introduction to this book that was posed to Rav Shach. Rav Shach replies, he says, It is absolutely forbidden to read palms or to believe what is seen in them. The Torah states, Tamim im Hashem We must rely only on Hashem, all else is nonsense. Do not worry about what you saw in your palm. You were simply shown what you wanted to see. For in the path that a person wishes to go, he is led. Forget about that little psychological insight at the end. What Rav Shach is answering very plainly, and what I learned from when I opened up this book in the middle of my own story, uh, is that we're supposed to believe in only one source. Of course, when I got engaged, I called that guy up and I said to him, by the way, I just want to let you know I'm engaged, and I'm, it's a couple years earlier than what you said. And he said to me, we'll see if it lasts. Yeah, he did. Um, I want to share with you one other very humorous thing, you know, we have this problem and not everybody learns the lessons of Avraham and that the true mastery comes from this world. I saw a very cute uh, advertisement. The advertisement was for a Jewish website and it said Kabbalah Amulet for Prosperity. Kabbalah Amulet for Prosperity. The product description said as follows, this amulet helps one to succeed in jobs and businesses and maximize profits. List price, $85.95, but your price $49.95. You save 41% on the Parnassa Amulet. Good luck with that, and have a great day.